Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have Malia on the podcast. And I um, I told her <clears throat> when we popped into our Zoom room together, I was like, I'm not, I just want to jump in together and just press record because everything that we toss back and forth is so valuable and nutritious the way that we tend to share perspectives together. So um, we haven't really even caught up that much yet. So I'm welcoming Malia into the space. So first, before we get started talking about what I wanted to talk about today, can you just introduce yourself to everyone real quick? Yes. Hello, new friends. My name is Malia and I would consider myself a holistic or like a woo-woo educator and facilitator. Um, and I met just through um, Instagram, just being able to find like-minded individuals and people who are really along for this. It, honestly, it feels like an awakening, like along for the the awakening of all of the woo and wise beauty that just comes forward. So I'm really, really excited to be here today. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that the name of your podcast that you're giving birth to? The Woo mm -hmm. and Wise? Woo and Wise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got to be on her podcast and her hers is coming out soon. So yes. we got to like swap together. Um, So one of the reasons I was like, okay, you have to come on was because I really want to talk about this idea of cults. And like, <clears throat> I'm going to shake up the definition a little bit um, mm -hmm. because I think that we, like, this word cult is typically used, like, people can think of religion as a cult. People can think of, like, Netflix documentaries talking about cults. But I think that we can find cults even in, like, let's say what should be done on the playground and the PTA moms all coming together and kind of forming a cult around like this one thing that should be done. Like basically I am thinking of cult. I'm defining cult as a body of thought with multiple people thinking that their definition is the only definition that their way is the only way. And um, either shaming or even being violent to those who don't subscribe to that definition. Even different pockets of science can be a cult. I find it fascinating that cult doesn't have to be, people tend to think about it in spirituality, <clears throat> but I just think it can really be any way of very limiting dogmatic thought. Anything that becomes hardened in stone and not open to interpretation, not open to evolution, yeah. and that's only led by historical dogma, like, I think it's really important just kind of coming back to even how you were speaking to this wave of awakening that I totally feel happening too. this, this consciousness expansion, like people, <clears throat> I've also heard it called an in -sension. Have you? So you've, we've probably heard mm -hmm. ascension, but mm -hmm. like it's an in -sension, right? People going inward and discovering this galaxy, this universe within themselves. Yeah. And then that is then how they go forth and populate their physical external lives. Um, so I've had my own experience with a spiritual cult. You can check it out. I want to say it might be episode 10. It's called Dick Jokes and Cults. Um, <laughs> and maybe it'll come up in this conversation, but I wanted to have you on Malia because I, I just thought that your experience was really fascinating. 
and I wanted you to tell us more about it. And, um, and before I like pass it over to you, one thing I do want to say is like, we've also passed this idea about how magical and powerful the in-between spaces, these mm -hmm. transition spaces, spaces that we find ourselves in when we're going from, um, it's like we're healing one way, one paradigm, one way of thinking, and we're moving into another uh, paradigm, another way of thinking. So uh, that was a lot to start with. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to toss the ball back. What came up there that is excited for you to just like pop yeah. into? Yeah, I find it fascinating. Um, I mean, through my experiences, the word cult has popped in and out in funny ways, in harmful ways and angry ways in traumatic ways, right? Like there's so many different things. And I like the way that you're kind of describing this of, it is a very, um, more so even than just a black and white way of thinking, but it's like, this is the only way, um, for every single person in the world, right. period. Like there's no leeway with that. There's no fluidity with that. And I think that when someone finds something that works for them, career, religion, um, practices, it, it feels really exciting and great and awesome. I think there also needs to be a space of understanding, of tolerance, of grace to know that our way doesn't necessarily mean it is the way for every single person on this earth, because all of our experiences are, are so unique. And so I think that's something that I could absolutely talk to here and just my experience and things that I'm going through. And I, I mean, I've talked about this and said, this is definitely like, I would consider myself in the quote unquote messy middle with all of the things that I'm understanding. I mean, I've been on um, just a journey of healing and growth for the last 10 years. And I would say the last two years have been the most eye-opening toward spirituality and my beliefs there. But one thing you talked about that made me start thinking about this is people, the, the incension, right? I think that's beautiful. I love that term. And to me, what that, like in my words, in my terms of how I teach people or talk to people in my space, I, I talk about core values all the time. And I feel like that's what really has helped me progress in my spiritual journey is really understanding this wealth of knowledge and um, alignment inside of my own body through my core values and the things that are most important to me. Um, and I think when people can start to align, like just first, if people can start to identify what those are, and then align with what those are, that's going to create just a fluid life. Um, I mean, aligned life, if you're aligning with those things, a fulfilled mm -hmm. life and like a journey instead of just like a stagnant place, it's going to create a place of journeying, um, which I think is really, really important for our progression here. So and can I pause you right there? Just because I think that's really interesting. Yes. The values piece, <clears throat> because yes. I I agree. I think having like, I even actually have, like, I'm looking at two post-its on my wall right now that I was like, okay, here's my six core values that I'm like mm -hmm. focusing on right now. And I was like, Hey husband, can you fill out? Like, what are your top five or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So those are, 
such important anchors. Um, I agree uh, to have and just to like speak to like I also think folks that are in that thinking I like how you said it's like even more than black and white in that thinking of my way is the only way like let's just say someone has five core values mm -hmm. but then they're thinking well these are the core values that every fucking yes. person needs to have yes so I don't know what do you think about what do you think about that I feel like it's just so, I mean, you could break down like all of the worst problems in the world to that kind of thinking, honestly, like, totally. and I know that's, I know that's going like a really simplified way, but honest, like if you were to break down the most horrific, horrible things that are taking place, like a lot of them come down to these people thinking, this is the way that my brain works. This is how everybody's brain should work. Or these are the things that are important to me. These are the things that should be important to everybody. Um, I mean, just war and genocide and famine and just really, I mean, even trafficking in the sense of some of those things can be narrowed down to this. And I'm not saying someone who has the core value of love and generosity and kindness is necessarily going to cause those things by those thoughts. But if someone has those beliefs that, okay, my, my core values of love and generosity and kindness absolutely have to be every single person's core values. Well, it takes away the diversity of the world because what if someone has a core value of respect? What if someone has a core value of adventure? What mm. if someone has a core value of innovation, right? Mm. I think there's such a beautiful expansion that happens in the world when we can be so connected to our own core values and not feel like we need to change them, not feel like we have to. And that's, that's where my whole story and journey kind of came into place because I was in this environment where I was being told what my core values needed to be. And mm. I came to this huge awakening, like over the last two years, I literally just lived in the middle of a forest in Oregon for the last couple of years before we moved back to Utah. And it was a time for me to really find out who I was, who mm. am I? What do I believe? What do I stand for? What's the most important to me? And I started realizing there, a lot of them are actually in opposition to the things that I'm being told to believe or to think or to worship. And that's where I started trusting my core values, trusting my intuition. And that's why anyone here listening, I want you guys to trust your core values, your intuition, because my core values are going to be different than yours and different than Maria's and Sarah's and John's and, you know, whoever, <laughs> whoever, right? Like they're all going to be so different and that's beautiful. That's needed um, because of the diverse experience. That so we then did. speaking to that, I actually like the diverse experience. Like, I think that is one of the reasons why people are like, okay, well, this is my core values. So I think this is the best. There's a lot of reasons why people will like dog dogma that. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, put it on me and put it on you. But I think another reason is <clears throat> I think it seems easier mm. if everyone were just to quote, get on the same page. So how do you navigate when you meet someone who has different core values in you? You can just sense it energetically, mm -hmm. but you go back to your, I'll just say internal guidance system. The thing that you yeah. believe in, in terms of honoring someone else who is so different from you that you know their their path is not your path but like how mm. do you like to make that like if you're not going to co-create and like you know go marry them but you like you bump up to them and like at a party or something yeah. how do you co-create with that person in a way without uh needing to 
get them on your side or you having to pretend and people please to be on their side? Like, tell me about that. Mm -hmm. That's such a good question. And honestly, I feel like this is something that all of us can practice navigating. I think like for me, what it comes down to one, one of my core values is like emotional health and putting that into necessarily one word. I don't know, but I'm always, always, always asking myself, is this a healthy practice? Like for me, for my kids, for my family, like, is this, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Because that's what I've had to break it down to in me leaving the religion that I grew up in. Um, because there were so many freaking things that were unhealthy, like, Mm. like toxic, toxic. And me trying to, because I was taught good and bad, right. And wrong. Like that's what I was taught. So instead I had to reframe this of healthy and unhealthy. So that's honestly the first thing that I would go to is like, is me trying to change them as a person, change their soul, change their whole entire being and, and have them just become like a robot version of me or copy, copy and paste version of me. Is that healthy for them? First of all, no. And so Mm -hmm. that would be my go-to of like, okay, I can kind of like accept and leave it at that. But to be in a space of, we are in this collective planet And there are going to be a lot of people who are so, so, so different than us. And I think just honoring that everybody is on a space of progression in their own terms. And especially when it comes to, I mean, especially when it comes to like family members and friends who still believe in those things that I was raised in that I no longer um, completely align my life with. I just find so much grace um, in the fact that they truly, and and sometimes this can be used as a cop-out, yes, but I look at this as they are truly doing the best they can with the things that they know and understand and believe, and I hope that they believe those same things about me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that allows just more space for for the diversity, for, for the different thought patterns, um, and just... I guess another thing that's coming to my thought or my my mind right now is let go of the ego. Let go of the ego of why do I think my way is better? Why do I think my way is right? Why do I think my way has to be the only way, right? And I think that that's huge. <laughs> I want to speak to that ego piece because like for me, I, I had the, the biggest ego hangover for like 20 years of like thinking, <clears throat> like, I just want to, I want to, um I want to nuance out that word ego just for Mm-hmm. for anybody else who uh whatever dances with that word but like oh my god for the longest time in along my spiritual journey i tried to kill my ego i mm-hmm. tried to not have an ego and i yeah. i realized that okay it's not killing the ego it's not killing the identity it's living in partnership with the identity it's living in yes. partnership with um the version of myself as i am right now which is one of the reasons why um, I don't know if I told you, I, one of the things I offer to my clients is timeline jumping mm-hmm. and basically where you, we go on this, um, this journey together in the session and anchor in a new aspect of your consciousness, AKA a new aspect of your identity for the, for you then to create from. And it's like, that. so beautiful. It's so awesome. So to me, what has helped me reframe kind of like how you were going from right and wrong too healthy yeah. and unhealthy yeah. for me what's helped reframe the ego piece is like especially for someone who is very um I'm gonna go back for a second I've been so energetically um I come from being very energetically flighty very energetically ungrounded very much mm-hmm. like galactic up in the 
spiritual atmosphere. So coming into my body, it's why this podcast is the empowered empathic coming into my body, feeling emotions, feeling the sensations of what it's like to actually be a physically embodied being like partnering with the ego is, has been so important for me. So for yeah. me, the reframe is, um, arrogance, what it is that I don't like about people with quote unquote big egos is they are fucking arrogant. They think mm -hmm. that their way is the best way again with the cult thing. And that my way is stupid or whatever, or unworthy, like less than less. So than, yeah. to me, it's like, uh, arrogance. So once I found that I'm like, okay, so I'm not allergic to the ego, which is great. Cause that means I can show up in my body. Mm -hmm. So now there's that piece. Yeah. Uh, I have a little, I have a mild allergy to arrogance. So, okay. Now that I know I have this mild allergy to arrogance, how do I want to, you know, be around those types of folks who are exuding that sort of energetic smell, if you will, like mm -hmm. half the time I say, no, thank you. And I walk away, but if I can't, um, then how do I want to show up and, um, you know, be in my ego and let them be in theirs without taking their smell, their BO, energetic BO personally. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's massive. I think that's such a, and I think it's a practice, right? Like sometimes when I'm learning, growing, progressing, expanding, whatever we want to call it, I feel like sometimes I expect that perfection of myself, like, especially when I see it in someone else so clearly I'm just like Wah! like that's not that's not what I want for my experience that's not a part of something I want in my identity and sometimes I expect that perfection for me to like completely abandon arrogance or completely abandon um, black and white thinking or you know what I mean whatever it yeah. is those things that come up as part of our I, I think our ego is our biggest teacher and so when you're saying don't abandon the ego partner with it. I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. And that's something that I've been talking with a lot of my clients as well. And my students this last year of being able to sit with the uncomfortable, which a lot of times the ego can, um, it can unveil those uncomfortable things mm -hmm. and to be able to sit with them and to learn from them because without the ego, without some of those, um, arrogance or, um, feistiness or flightiness or whatever, whatever those things are attached to, um, it would be a little bit boring because we wouldn't have much to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that learning is, and I don't, again, I'm not going to say this is the only purpose of life. Mm -hmm. I think that learning and progression is a massive, um, responsibility that we have mm -hmm. on our journey here. Mm -hmm. I love that frame. I haven't actually heard it in that very simple, profound way. It's a, it's our, it's a massive responsibility. It's our responsibility mm -hmm. learning. What did you say? Learning? And what was the other word? Mm, progressing, growing, healing, learning and healing. I don't know. <laughs> when I listen back to this, I will, I will yeah. rehear it, but I just, I love that. And I think that like, that's another piece to speak to with like responsibility because like, so my husband and I, we've been together since we were babies and like <clears throat> I was 19 turning 20, mm, I'm 40 yeah. now. <clears throat> he hadn't, didn't have any hair on his chest. I love saying that now he has like this whole yeah. like, eight-year-old calls it his yeah. hair chest. And so we've, we've like gone through these iterations of growing, like becoming adults together. And so yeah. sometimes we look at each other and we're like, oh, he does this thing where he goes, it's like, we'll meet an adult moment and we'll be like, yeah, I gotta, 
basically be more responsible. I want to be more responsible. It feels hard because the old me is like, eh, but the new me is like, I want this more. And so he does this thing where he'll look at me and go, he'll go, growing up. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's just a little <laughs> tiny blip of a song and that. it makes it lighthearted, but it's true. It's yeah. us learning to take responsibility for what we want for the next phase of our life. Yeah. And nobody could have forced that on us. No, you know, no dogma could have said, this is what you should do, Jess and Ray, because then it wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, um, if we didn't want to reach for that responsibility, it, it just wouldn't be downloaded in, in the same capacity. So it's, yes. that's a, that's a really interesting piece. Like you can't force responsibility on the world, on people, people really, I think mature and come to that in their own time. Like we mm -hmm. meet different ages of people. Like I've met so many 60 year old men and women who I'm like, Oh my God, you're younger than me. Like, yeah. but then it's like, okay, that has to be okay too. You're on your own wave of whatever mm -hmm. of maturing. And then I'm, I'm sure they look at me and they're like, Oh wow, she's very energetically mature in whatever else way. So it's, it's really holding space for everybody's capacity to mature. Um, into different threads of responsibility of responsibility at everybody's own times mm, otherwise yeah. like how you're saying it would be so boring like what everybody would just level up on this one thread of responsibility at the same yeah. time yeah it feels well, so flat it would, it would it would yeah it would be like flat personalities right like the reason that we are the way we are is because of our perceptions and our experiences and if we all had the exact same perception and the exact same experiences, kind of forcing that progression, how boring, <laughs> how unenlightening would that be for all of yeah. our human experience? And so I think that understanding that allows us to have more, not only acceptance, but like excitement for the different perspectives that are here on the planet. Okay. So going to that, going into that a little bit more, um, I think there's so much power in sharing like how we traversed a certain like sticky spot. So like mm -hmm. that piece, what was it? You and I were, I was looking back in our notes before we started this, but we yeah. voice messaged back and forth. I was like, oh crap, it's not written anywhere. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something that like, I think is very Oh, this is what I wanted to speak to. Um, and I wanted to get your take on. Oh my God. <sighs> the idea of staying, going back to the cult thing, word, the idea of staying with any cult, whether it's spiritual, religious, science, the PTA moms, like whatever the fucking cult, staying with that form of thinking, quote, just in case, mm. quote, being afraid of what happens if I leave this and I leave behind yeah. all of the, what I think are um, promised securities. Like, yeah. like I wasn't raised religious, but I do know that um, certain religions are, well, if you, you know, subscribe to these rules, then I promise you will quote, get into heaven. Like you'll get the yeah. pass oh, for or sure. whatever. Right. So like yep. I, can you like zero in and just like speak to what that was like for you? Like, that's mm -hmm. a huge step for any of us to make. Like, even though I wasn't raised religious, I actually do remember taking a step like that myself, like 20 years ago when I really started 
going inward, the incension of my own spiritual yeah. journey. So like for you, like how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> how the fuck did I do that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Honestly, Ooh, that it was definitely at least like a two year period. So my experience, I was raised, um, in the Mormon church, church of Jesus Christ, LDS church, a lot of different names. Um, I was raised in that church and I'm at a place right now where I do not have any animosity or anger. And I don't look at it with, um, the intense belief of like, I need to save you from this cult. I, I don't feel like I'm there. I don't know if that will ever be a part of my like thoughts. I just don't feel anyway. I don't feel like that's part of my journey, but what I do feel like is part of my journey is allowing people to live an authentic and aligned self to the things that their inside is telling them. And mm. so that's kind of where it came from for me. So I was definitely told if you do this, 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 and this, and this, and, and they're called, you know, like steps or, or certain practices or certain things, like you are basically guaranteed a spot in heaven. Um, and there are a lot of different spiritual practices or things that, that subscribe to similar ideas like this. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not saying people who believe these things are 100% wrong. What I find is not healthy. Again, that's the, the word I go back to is saying that every single person in the world has to believe this. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they are less than they are wrong. They are bad. They are being led away by Satan himself. That's what I have a huge problem with. Um, because those are all things that I've been told. Right. Um, so but how did you trust that? How did you oh. even lean on what what did you lean on to trust after being told programmed? So much practice, you guys, so much practice of just being able to. So it, it's been, I remember the instance. So I, I grew up in the church and then I had like a pretty traumatic event happen. And I realized there were just lots of like ugh from a young age. Um, and so from the age of like 15 to 20, I was I just pieced out. Like 15 to 18, I was kind of. And my, my parents, I love them dearly. And we've had so many conversations about this. I was their first of six kids mm -hmm. and they had me pretty, I mean, like 21 and 23. So fairly young. Um, and that's kind of like a part of the culture is like, you get married really young, have kids right away, have a lot of kids, not so much now, but very much in the past, it's been like that. Um, but we've had really open conversations about this of, from the age of 15 to 18, it, there was a lot of force of like, you will get your car taken away if you don't attend church or you will this if you don't this. And so it was like some of the things I would do out of obligation or out of not wanting a bad consequence. <laughs> um, and then as soon as I was 18, I was like, peace, <laughs> like I'm out. And so 18 to like 20 were really, really rough years for me for a lot of reasons, but it was because of mainly my PTSD my mental health diagnosis, um, my trauma, things that I had not dealt with. And then I decided, well, I've been told my whole life that this, 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 and this is the only way to happiness. So I have to just go back to that. And so like the age of 21, um, till like a few years ago, I practiced it pretty religiously. And I, there were, you guys, there was happiness, right? Like there's happiness in, in lots of different places. So I'm not going to say like, I was sucked in and miserable and I couldn't get out. Like that was not my experience. That could have been someone else's experience. And I honor, you know, wherever anyone else is at. But for me, it was just like, I found myself losing myself, losing my identity of what I believed, what I I feel like there are certain things that we just have gifts in. And I think one of your gifts, Jess, is being able to um, like 
be a vessel and hold space for the auric body coming through and just like that mm-hmm. ethereal energy and understanding it and seeing it and feeling it and giving a, a voice to it. I think that's a really strong gift you have. And I, I know you have like tons of others, but that's one that's coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. And one that I had that is just a part of me. And one of my core values is authenticity for people to just show up as themselves and to be accepted and loved and um, just like, it's okay for people to be different. Exactly what mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. And there was no space for that in this religion, mm-hmm. like no space for that whatsoever. And honestly, there still isn't, um, you know, pretty people are, are told it's not a buffet. You're either in or you're out. Like there's no middle ground. And for me, that did not work. So it was a, a long process. I would say like the last four years, I've been really, really diving into it. But the last two years, I remember the exact moment sitting on my couch and I was watching this talk from one of the church leaders and I just started bawling. And I was like, I do not believe one word he said. I actually disagree with every single thing that he just said. And for me, it was just like, okay, I either have to keep living in this cognitive dissonance of believing and knowing and feeling one thing inside of me that's so real and trying to still make sense with something that's in complete opposition, or I have to make a change. Mm. And I slowly just let myself ask those questions of what do I believe? Why do I disagree? Because, you know, I was always taught that that fear and that doubt, that's the devil trying to lead you to hell, right? Mm. Instead of being so consumed by fear, I started to just let myself open up to light and to ask myself those questions and to be be trusting enough in myself that I can be authentic. I can align with my core values. Like seriously, that was a huge piece of it for me. And that I can still be okay. That I can still have a happy life here. Because I again, I was taught you can't be happy here unless you da-da-da-da-da. And then you can't be saved in the next life unless you da 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 da, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to trust to just experiment. Can I still be happy? Can I still be a good person? Like, will I just burn up immediately? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I'm still going through the trust piece of what's to come. You know, I, I redefined my version of God. I redefined what my higher power looks to me or, mm-hmm. or is to me. And my relationship with my higher power has never been um, more personal Mm. and more aligned than, than it has my entire life. And so allowing myself to just let in the light and to trust myself, to ask those questions and to actually, um, to dissipate the fear, you know, by choosing that light and by choosing that curiosity, that was huge for me. I was getting chills listening to you. And that last sentence you just said, like allowing yourself to choose light and let the fear dissipate. I think there's something really huge about that because where we point our consciousness is what, where we point our awareness, where we point our consciousness is how we gift ourselves the energetic threads that we then get to weave our life with. Mm -hmm. So you pointed it towards this redefine this, this, mm. I, I feel like I could say it in so many ways, this sensation, this feeling, how it looks light. Yeah. I feel like so many of us have different like interpretations of what that, totally. like my interpretation of light, like continuously updates and changes, but like yes. pointing yeah. your, your attention on light 
and allowing that to be like one step at a time, I just think is so uh, powerful. And I just, I love that you have this story and I just, um, I just, I hope that you continue to share it over and over again because it gave me chills. <laughs> mm, thank you. Thank you. And I, you know, I'm thinking to that, what you said earlier of the just in case, how many times do we do something out of routine just in case? And I just want to like say that we, whatever our beliefs are, reincarnation, um, no life before, after, again, there's place for all of these beliefs, but whatever we believe, we have one shot at this current life that we are living right now. Yeah. Do we want to look back and do we, do we want to live our life in a place of just in case that can lead to regret and inauthenticity of, of who we are and who we are designed to be? Um, or do we want to live our life in a place where we are completely aware of our energetic gifts or spiritual gifts or whatever we want to call those, but completely aware of our, our gifts and how we can express those to add to the collective of this planet. And, and one piece, like this is going to get pretty specific for just one second. I don't get really specific into a ton of the beliefs and breaking things down because it, I don't know. Sometimes it can be helpful in certain settings. Most of the time it's not. But one belief that I do find Christians have in general, and honestly, I still identify as a Christian in a lot of ways. And so this isn't a place to be like, rah, rah, leave Christianity. Like right. I, I'm still figuring out all of the things that I feel and believe and, and understand. Um, but one thing that I think is that a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to go through the motion and do the things just in case, because I've heard this phrase from a church leader specifically, like a big church leader, one of the top, that it said like, eternity is the wrong thing to be wrong about. <laughs> and I was just like, bleh, <laughs> it's the wrong thing to be wrong about. Well, first of all, it's taking it back to that right and wrong, black or white place, mm -hmm. no space for nuance, no space for personal experience, right? Um, but I also believe if people do believe in a higher power, if people believe in God, get really clear on what that being, what that energy is to you. Mm. Because my version of God became drastically different. You know, before it was, if you do this, I will love you and you are worthy. If you do anything else, hell. <laughs> and I mean, Mormons don't actually believe in hell. So when I say hell, like it's just, you can't be with your family. You'll never have like love. You won't be able to be together for eternity. You won't like all these things that honestly, like does feel a little hellish to me. Right. Um, so I think being able to redefine what that being feeling experience, universal energy, whatever that higher power is for you, redefining that and asking, does this being actually say, like, does this being actually believe that if I don't check all these boxes that I'm just damned for eternity. Like ask yourself that hard question because I did. And I realized, well, that's not a God I believe in. That's not a God I subscribe to. Like if God is real, if this God thing that I believe in, like that, that's not him or her or it. Um, and that was a big, a big transformative place for me to, to grow, honestly. Um, I love that. And I can feel the power in that and the authenticity from like, um, you speaking to your experience is so powerful, especially about this specific thing. And I know this from my own experience from 
playing with this same question with my, my husband, he grew up Catholic. And then at 17, he realized he wasn't spiritual in the way defined by Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I just remember in college, we would philosophize, you know, play back and forth with concepts and ideas and spiritual ideas. And when he spoke to, I forget, I mean, this is 20 years ago, so I forget the exact words, but I just remember my body can still remember, feel the memory of him basically holding space for more than one truth to be true Yes. with God, with following a higher power, with finding that higher power, with threading a higher power. So when I just remember when he spoke from that spot of his, his authentic, authentic place, it, Mm -hmm. it shifted like the tectonic plates of a belief. I didn't even know I was that I had, that I was scared to leave. Yeah. Even though I wasn't even raised religious. So, so speaking, so I just wanted, I, I know I've said this like three times already, but that's just, I think you sharing that is just really powerful. So thank you for doing that and for sharing that. That's, yeah, that's oh like one of the big nutrients <laughs> I wanted to offer folks thank today. Thank you. Yeah. I just think like, and to just make it, I'm, I'm a person who's like super tangible and like actionable. Like I love, I love like being, um, I don't know. I love the energy of things and speaking to the energy of things and also bringing into, okay, like, what does it look like going forward? Right. Like how this conversation was full of so many different, um, expansive thoughts that can, that can take a person and just like snowball effect of like, (laughs) of like getting bigger and growing and multiplying. And like there, I mean, there's so many ways to kind of, you know, learn from or grow or, 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 uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, process, assess within ourselves, those things and Mm. choose what that looks like for us. But one thing that I really would love for people to do after listening to this is just take a couple minutes. It can be whenever, like you can be driving, you can be sitting down journaling, whatever is the easiest for you, whatever feels aligned, but just really think about your core values. Honestly, think about those core values. And if you find that you're doing anything out of routine and something that's just mundane, um, that's not aligning with who you are. Of course, there's boring tasks in our life. I'm not saying get rid of anything that's boring because cooking breakfast for my kids every morning, I'm not like, yeah, sometimes it's super fun. This morning was really fun. Most mornings, not the most fun thing in the world. So I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. saying, is it fun or does it always feel good? Because there's lots of things in our lives that don't always feel good that are still helpful for us or beneficial, like working out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that if we can ask ourselves, like, are there things that are just in opposition to my core values and how can I start to align my life with those core values more? What practices Mm -hmm. do I need to embrace? Which practices do I need to release? Um, And that can be a beautiful intention going into this new year. I love that. I love that. And I want to add to that. I think I only want to add one thing, which is the word want. Like what, what practices do I want to embrace only because for me specifically being an energetically sensitive person, like words and a writer words, Mm -hmm. oh my God, they're so potent for me. They're like ones, 
like one word is vitamin A, one word is vitamin D. And so yeah. I think need can get us to see us. Need is a very important word, right? Because need is yeah. how we address a wound. Like, oh, my my skin needs a Band-Aid. It's bleeding. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I want to dress this wound. So taking yeah. need as a as a really awesome reflection tool and then uh, copy and pasting the energy of want onto it if it feels, uh, if that feels what is it um like a click like a very natural click because sometimes I'll try to yeah. force myself from need to want and it's like oh I don't want that yet okay that's fine that's yes. the magic middle that we've talked about so I know yes. I need to scale it down a little bit to find a want to read to um to create that that goal or that value into a term that is a full want that's a full body want yes and then pattern from that spot mm, I think that's beautiful I think that's even a more empowered word right of like what am I actively choosing what am I wanting and what yeah. am I choosing because of that yeah, and I but that. I think each word has a place and it's like yes. don't don't like shame yourself for saying the word need but when you find need practice like transposing it with want just plain plain totally. with words yeah. And I honestly, it's probably a lot of two because I'm in, I, like I said, when I was talking to you, I was like, I'm not on the other side of this. Like I'm not everything that I teach, like not everything. Most of the things I teach in my business, I teach foot zoning and tapping and like holistic health coaching and, you know, just life coaching so many different things. I feel like I'm on the other side, not as in I'm done, I'm healed, but I've walked through it. I've learned the biggest lessons that I've needed to learn. I've come to a place of like resolution and then I've been able to share. And that's not where I'm at with this journey right now. I've learned the most beautiful and valuable lessons, but I'm not at a place of resolution. I'm not right now. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And that's what, uh, I think that's what part of being in, and I don't love the word messy middle, but I, um, or the phrase, but I, I know that's where I'm at right now in magic middle, the magic middle. The magic magic middle. middle. <laughs> I love the magic middle. That's so beautiful. <laughs> the, the learning in between. Yeah. So being in the magic middle, right. There's, there's so much opportunity for growth and expansion and learning. Um, and just know you guys don't have to like put decisions on every single thing right away. It's okay to not know everything. And I think mm. that's, I think that's okay. I love that. That's our mic drop moment. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Oh, where can people find you if they want to connect with you, learn more about the work that you do in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Instagram's the easiest place. So it's just Malia, M-A-L-E-A-H underscore Gordon. Um, on Instagram. Um, I am, I actually just started this like a few weeks ago. I am doing a free healing group, like totally free, no strings attached. I know sometimes we'll do like workshops and then like pitch something at the end. I definitely do that in my business. This is not one of those spaces. This is a complete safe healing space for woo and wise, like heart-centered individuals, energy, energy sensitive individuals to come together and to process and to practice self-healing. Um, mm. and like to embrace healing as a lifestyle. That's something that I'm like talking about every day right now is embracing healing as a lifestyle, not a checklist. So anyway, the, this group, um, I talk about it on Instagram, but it's happening the first and third Wednesday of every month. 
at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, right? Yeah, Mountain Standard Time. That's what we're on right now. But if you want info on awesome. that, it's just a beautiful, safe space for people to come and heal. I'm freaking loving it. Um, so we can chat about that if you have any questions. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll link to all of that too in the show notes. It'll be easy link for anyone who wants to hop in. Um, thank you so much, Malia. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. Thank you. I love, I love connecting with you, talking with you. It's very life-giving and expanding for my soul. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Bye for now. <laughs>